Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the Great Reset Agenda 2030, the communist takeover of the United States of America, what I just said there, the destruction of the United States Constitution, the infiltration of our political, our economic, our social, our cultural, and our academic systems. If there is ever a time in the world where you wanted to be reminded of what it means to be free men and free women, I just got goosebumps. That time Mm. is now. Man, you know, Vince, shit's happening, dude. Yeah. Uh, At a Fascinating pace. Yeah, pretty incredible, actually. Um, You know, I don't think anybody could have predicted the events and how they're unfolding right now. But the more and more we look at the events, we're seeing that they align with very, very similar context to what we've been talking about with the global firestorm event. Vince has got an echo. Okay, Vince has got an echo. Unfortunately. I don't hear it. Oh, I know why. Never mind. Now try. <laughs> hey, hey there, testing, testing. Okay, is Vic still have an echo? He shouldn't. I fixed it, man. I fixed it. 
What are we going to do tonight, Pinky? We're going to do what we do every night, Pinky. Or, yeah, Pinky is trying to take over the world. Who was that singing? That was, um, who was that? That was Struggle Jennings and Caitlin Curtis. And the song is called God, We Need You Now. That is probably one of my favorite songs. So we get an A- minus on the audio by Z-Man. Thank you so much, Z-Man. <laughs> uh, do we have noise cool. in the background? Is there... All better? Okay, we're all good. All right. So, sorry about that. We had some audio problems earlier. I'm trying to get everything. I have two computers here running and virtual cables, trying to get everything set up to stream the Dark Delight show um, starting Thursday. So, yeah, your mustache is blurry. (laughs) I've been trying to focus my camera because it has a little focus on it. Yeah. I might be a little blurry. I'm sorry. Am I? No, you're fine. But so I'm, I'm trying to do that, and I screwed my audio all up earlier. So I apologize. Me and Vince were trying to troubleshoot it before. Uh, we think we got it, but you remember that one time where like we couldn't talk over the videos? We're, we're back to that point, so I have to turn the second audio output off. I, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. It's just showtime. Let's get this show on the road. That's what this is all, all right. about. It's informing the people, the masses of what is happening, what is coming, and what is going to happen if we do nothing. Um, more than ever right now, people around the world are waking up. And this is just, I mean, we're going we're gonna to discuss some pretty interesting things tonight. The Brazil election, there's more information out on this. Bolsonaro came out, did not concede, says that we're going to go by the Constitution. Military is going to investigate voter fraud, and there is absolutely 100% voter fraud. We're going to show you this because guess what? The graphs for the night look exactly the same as November 3rd, 2020. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I think they may be using Dominion machines or something, huh? Yeah, there's zero paper ballots there. Mm. Yep. So, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was this. This was very interesting. Um, What is this weird looking picture? Well, let's go to the Paso's little picture here. This is Joe Biden. That is Joe Biden's hand. Oh, my. Do you see that big cut in, like, the bruising? Do you know what that's from? Yep. IVs. That's from an IV. So you remember how we yeah. all said that Joe Biden is getting drug treatments for his dementia and they're basically pumping him up for, full of drugs so he can be conscious during, um, conscious during his speeches and so forth? There it is. Wow, yeah. And that looks like a couple pokes. And, <laughs> it, uh, it looks like a poke every hour or two. Yeah. Oh, man. And that pic, that is not, okay, so everybody's at Photoshop. No, that was from The Hill. That is a blue checkmark liberal website, The Hill. That is their picture that they utilized. So that's interesting. Um, This is an interesting little graph right here we're going to show you. UK government data reveals that triple vaccinated make up 91% of all COVID deaths this year and fully vaccinated make up 90% of COVID deaths since 2021. Look at that. Unvaccinated, less than 10%. Wow. This is crazy. I think about that, man. I mean, we keep hearing every single day almost, sometimes Mm -hmm. multiple times a day, of people dying suddenly. And it's oftentimes people who aren't extremely old. Sometimes they're older. But of all ages, a lot of them young, they're exerting themselves and passing away, as we talked about yesterday. And that's just what's being 
put out there. These are famous people that are well known. There's so <laughs> many more, and we're watching this unfold. It's just mad. It's mad. Well, you know, it's interesting too because I'm going to pull up another graph, and this was a reply that I had to somebody. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And I thought that this was just absurd. Like this guy was a fucking moron. And I'm sorry for all the old ladies out there who hate my cursing. I'm so sorry. You guys can yell at me when you meet me in person. But I wanted to put this out there because this is kind of the reality of the situation here. Uh, let me find it real quick. It's uh, I, I po- Dude, I'm back on Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> and people yeah, are like, fun. he's definitely back on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a liberal... Uh, senior editor, the Dispatch, contributing writer, The Atlantic, co-host, Advisory Opinions, Good Faith Podcast, Iraq Vet, married to Nancy. He says, this is one of the saddest phenomena of the online right now is the absolute theory at those of us who supported COVID vaccines and continue to support COVID vaccines. The death toll of vaccine refusal is simply staggering and heartbreaking. Here's January 1st, 2021 to April 30th, 2022. And so the graph that he's showing here is nearly 319,000 COVID-19 deaths could have been averted if all adults had gotten vaccinated. Now, look at that graph and tell me what's wrong with this. Um, look at the two numbers on the right-hand side. We have 641,000 actual deaths, right? Then it says 322,324 estimated deaths uh, if... 100% of adults were fully vaccinated. Oh, how do they know? That's right. But as well, is look at the gap. Okay. Vaccine-preventable deaths. The vaccine-preventable deaths were actually less than the estimate of deaths of 100% fully vaccinated people. Oh. <laughs> Dumbass. There you so go. It's actually safer... <laughs> so it's showing that it was actually safer to be unvaccinated Wait. or that they were yeah. basically equivalent. Well, and this was just during COVID. I don't know. Maybe it depends. I think it depends on the total population vaccinated. Well, so, right. And here's the thing is they're not utilizing actual numbers. That 322,000 was actual deaths if people were fully vaccinated. This is okay. The- problem with data they that there you go to trick people exactly so zeman you're right estimated versus actual you're absolutely right what they're saying is is 322,000 would have been the actual death toll if people were fully vaccinated other than the 622,000 of the actual deaths the problem is okay is where are they getting that 322,000 number from we just showed a graph before this of the UK that's showing fully vaccinated and double vax patients are 91 to 95% of all deaths. They're not getting it from there, so it's wrong. And, yep. well, <laughs> it's way off. I think they're, um, it's probably somebody familiar with the matter plucking out of the thin air based on assumptions. It's statistical analysis of what they use. And what they do is they use the skew numbers of they probably took some hospital – probably found three or four hospitals that had uh, a percentage of deaths per vaccinated, per unvaccinated. They actually documented it, and they utilized those to go in there and skew those numbers to basically project out. So basically what they'll do is they'll, they'll do an estimate of deaths. So this is one way they could have done that study. 
they take 100 people who died of COVID-19, okay? And they compile that 100 people and say, okay, um, 30% were vaccinated. 70% were not vaccinated. They all died. They, that's how they produce those numbers. So yeah. it's it's skewed data. And it's that's, interesting. Go ahead. I like, I like how you put it in the 100 people. So really, if you were to take a sample of 100 people and apply it to this data in order to get this data, it would be like saying um, out of the vaccinated group, whatever percentage it is, let's just say it's 30%, uh, 55% of them died. And of the unvaccinated group, 45% of them died. Right. So, you know what I mean? Right, right. And they can project those numbers into the masses of actual deaths. And then yeah. just take the percentage. So the if the percentage if, if six hundred and fourteen thousand actually died, now they just take those percentage numbers, add it into that, and say we could have saved all these lives. But yeah, that's not the it. true statistical analysis. Okay. And it shows that the unvaccinated have less deaths, which is right. hilarious and true. I think. Okay, so if you're new here joining us, guys, we have a few things going on tonight after this show at 9 p.m. Mountain Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. We have the After Dark Chat Q&A. I will be on there answering questions, having a good time. I'll be on there for a few hours, hanging out with people tonight. We typically get about 30, 40 people in there. See if we can get some more in there tonight. I'll be trolling the chat. You'll be trolling the chat. So that'll be pretty fun. We'll be in there tonight. That's on the socialredpill.com. The only way to get into that Q&A is to be a member of the socialredpill.com. You do not have to be a paying member at the time, so you can just join up with a free profile at the moment. Um, as well, if you want to support the Red Pill Project or everything that we do in any way, shape, or form, we have what's known as the Battle of the Streams. If you're watching on Rumble, Pilled, or D Live, you can support us there with the various different tokens, pills, uh, Rumble, or uh, uh, on DLive with multiple different uh, aspects of monetization. We appreciate that. You guys help us stay alive. You keep the Red Pill Project alive and breathing. You help us do this every night. So much appreciated there with the, for everybody who donated the Battle of Streams. Also, many other ways to uh, help us stay alive by using our affiliates, donating, and whatever it might be. We'll talk about more of that later, but I want to get into the news right now. Um, but I did want to touch on this. So, dude, I had a massive stress alleviated off my freaking shoulders today. Ah, good. So one of the biggest things that we have is my wife accepted a job in Minnesota. Um, and it was kind of like a fast thing. It was like she got a big raise, promotion, headquarters is out in Minnesota. So we had to make the decision to stay in Colorado, which is a blue state, or move to Minnesota, which is a blue state, right? And, okay. um, you know, looking at everything, the way the economy is, the markets are, we have a substantial amount of equity in our house. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of person who looks that the greatest times of pessimism are the times to make the best moves financially. And so I looked at it as a good time to cash out of my equity, to go to another blue state. But when I got there, I thought I was going to see like liberals all over the place. But it's really small towns and it's very, mm-hmm. very red, conservative, west of Minneapolis. And so we picked a place like 45 minutes outside of Minneapolis way in the country area. We're actually really in the country. Um, And everybody out there has Dr. Scott Jensen signs in their yard. So it's a really conservative neighborhood. Uh, I'm really happy with our decision. And uh, we actually just went under contract for the house today, which is perfect. Not only that, my problem was, is that my house has got to sell before we get that house. And so my house isn't going to sell till like January. Mm -hmm. But this house was a rental before. And so I negotiated that we live in the house 
starting this month for three months and we'll just pay them rent. And they, they agreed to it. So basically, every, I'm, I'm all good on that half. I don't have to worry about living or anything. I can pack all my stuff up. We can move to Minnesota and I can get started out there and then my house will just sell here. So I'm yeah, just it gives relieved. you time too, huh? It, it does. It I frees know. up a lot of time with me going back and forth in Minnesota looking at houses and trying all that stuff. Wow. Good deal, man. Congratulations. Well, Sounds yeah, like- everything's got to go through, but yeah, it's good. Well, okay. Well, we won't count the chickens before, before they hatch, but it's kind of cool. I, I have the same kind of situation where I'm kind of in a small town, but near enough to a big city in a blue state mm-hmm. if I needed to get something from a city, but it's cool. I like it. You get once in a while, a couple bad eggs, but. Well, I grew up in a small town. We're going to, we're going to save all the states. So it should be fine here in the future. Well, and I don't know if you saw that news blast that came out today. Is a group of Somali parents in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, right? A large group of Somali parents came out against the indoctrination of their children in liberal schools in Minnesota. I'm like, man, I got to have these people on my show. Yeah, you can't pull the white supremacist card on them, can you? No, exactly. So really interesting there. So I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to it because I've already... So from the events that I've done, the Truth Tour, the Reckoning Fest, Clay Clark events, I've met a lot of people, and there's quite a few people that actually are from Minnesota. And when I went to the Truth Tour and I spoke in St. Paul, I met a whole group of Minnesotans that were like, you need to come and talk to our church group, our women's group. You need to come. And I'm like, this is actually way better than Colorado because Colorado Hmm. is very kind of like, give everybody a perspective, Colorado is really um, kind of spread out in how things happen. Right. And in Minnesota, it's just like people are very communal. People are all about the community. In Colorado, you don't have that. Like you have to travel to find things to do with your family. Like when we were out in Minnesota, like, dude, every town had some type of event or festival going on for fall. There was people everywhere, people with their children, families out. You go to a restaurant, it's packed full of families. Like you don't get that in Colorado. Huh. Cool. yeah, and so it's. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it, and so I don't want to feel hypocritical. I'm moving to a blue state, right? Because I would much rather move to Florida. <laughs> All right. Well, with you moving there, it's starting to turn tinge purple. And that's so the way I looked it at going. it as well. Is if if I move there, what type of impact can I have on that community? What type of impact can I have on that state? And so I, I I'm kind of excited about it. So we'll see what happens here. Um, ACLU today. Look at this. This is in response to the leaked documents outlining the Department of Homeland Security's plans to police disinformation. And the ACLU, which for the last two decades has transitioned to a very, very liberal perspective. They used to be very, very conservative. Right. Listen to what they say here. The First Amendment bars the government from deciding for us what is true or false online or anywhere. Our government can't use private pressure to get around our constitutional rights. Boom. It's funny, too, because I I commented on this. I said, holy shit, ACLU. Did you give control of your Twitter to someone who worked for you 20 years ago? Because this is like, I didn't expect that. But the fact that these liberal organizations, the the group of Somali mothers, the, the Democrat from Florida who called out the voter fraud, Right? ACLU coming out going, why are you guys spying on us? Dude, they're waking up, man. Yes. Well, you know, 
I think a lot could be done, and we saw a lot happen over the last two years as far as, as, far as infiltration, literally with the intention of changing things, having somebody that was an extreme far leftist take a high position in a school or a university or an uh, education board in a town, etc. It still happens, which is fine. All the community deserves the same opportunity to do that. But I think once that leader loses their spot, Mm -hmm. You get all the people that are awake underneath that you're going to see stuff like this happening quick. Yep. I think it could really crash down quickly. So we've been following the Paul Pelosi scandal. I'm going to call it a scandal. Um, dude, this shit does not add up and they are trying to cover their tracks as much as possible. So yeah. here's what we know and don't know. Okay. Yeah, because so really you can I was talking about this, I think, this morning on the Dark Delight show, is that when information starts coming out and then you have contrary information come out, right? Basically, you have to look at the sources that are close to connect, connected to the San Francisco Police Department and so forth to determine what is truth. Well, this is what they do, is they basically overwhelm people with information to you where you don't know what is true and what is not. That why, that's why people basically will accept the mainstream narrative. Okay, so this guy who's a member of the gay hippie commune in San Francisco living in a bus, um, you know, pedophile had, you know, groped his daughter and stuff and, and beat well his... Well-known nudist. Yeah, what is it called? Nudist. He's a well-known nudist. Yeah, he's a well-known nudist. He, his, the house that he stays at has LGBTQ flags, Black Lives Matters. His neighbors describe him as a radical or far-left liberal. Um, okay, so this is what we know about the guy. We know that originally it was reported that Paul Pelosi went to the bathroom, okay? And when he called the police from the bathroom, he said that, uh, you know, I don't know this guy, but Dave is a friend. Police said that a third party originally let them in. So is Paul talking about the third party that he doesn't know? But the police originally said that they were called there on a welfare check from an anonymous source. So... You see how this information is getting all kind of misconstrued. This guy let Paul Pelosi go to the bathroom and come back. And Paul Pelosi used his cell phone apparently to call the police. The police showed up and found the guy struggling with Paul Pelosi, an 80-year-old man, for a hammer, which Paul had the hammer in his hand. The guy took the hammer, beat Paul over the head with it. Nobody's denying that, okay? Um the window, they said, was broken, was broken from the inside. There's no way a human being could have crawled through that window. There's not a latch in there that you can open the door with, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of this stuff just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Now, they're saying that this guy confessed that he snuck through security, all of the electronic security systems. He got past Secret Service. He got through Capitol Police because that's who the Pelosi's have guarding them. She's third in line to the presidency. The other day, they were alleging an affidavit was signed by this. Oh, well, hold on. This is gonna get. This is gonna get. What the fuck type of shit? Okay. So, firstly, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, even at her house, Paul Pelosi has Capitol Police and Secret Service. They have. Uh, Glenn Beck was talking about it earlier today. Is they have these acoustic panels that go all around the house, and they can detect footsteps that come onto yeah. the property. Okay, which yeah. alerts the police immediately, which means that. This guy did not break into their house. That's, that's my type of reasoning here. Is this guy was most likely invited into the house. Okay. 
I don't care what the mainstream media is saying. We have to understand that with these cir- circumstances, there's no way that this guy could have broke into their house. We know a few months ago, Paul Pelosi had a DWI and the passenger airbag was deployed, although they said nobody was in the car with him. I bet it was David. Bet David wanted some money for getting hurt in an accident. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. I, I'm just saying, who knows? Yeah. Th- there's a lot of possible scenarios here. But this guy now has confessed to the San Francisco Police Department saying that he wanted to smack Nancy Pelosi's kneecaps with the hammer and take her out. And then, obviously, that website came up. from You, you can find that the website has been out for a long time, but the post didn't show up, didn't re- uh, replicate into the website or render into the website until the day of the event. Okay, I'm going to tell you what that content and information actually was. But all the information that came out on the website was conspiracy theories, QAnon, MAGA supporter, anti-Semitic. Okay, talking about like his Facebook or something. His Facebook post, which nobody ever saw, which was reposted on this website blog with screenshots of the posts. Which now that that blog is taken down, but all the posts that date back all the way to June and July of this year. Okay. You can't find it, but it all came up on one day. It was not there before, but it was there that day. Okay. This guy has confessed completely. Yes, I broke into the house. Yes, I was looking for Nancy. I was going to smack Nancy's kneecaps. And then I was going to go to other politicians' houses and do it as well. Here's the problem. He confessed to all this, right? He said exactly what he was going to do. This is according to the mainstream media. So why did he go to court today and plead not guilty? (laughs) <laughs> yeah he, he just confessed everything Why is he pleading not guilty? Allegedly No, no, he, he pleaded not guilty No, he definitely pleaded not guilty Right, but it's allegedly That he admitted to everything That's right. the key I haven't seen any written testimony come out From the court saying that this guy Did anything You want to know what I happened and We talked about this last night But you want to know what happened with the website? It's gone, I guess. Well, it is gone. But you want to know what it was? What? This was a phone call to their operatives. Hey, this is the guy's name. Here's his Facebook profile picture. Here's his social media accounts. Create a backstory. And what they did is they just go into a computer. They put his information in there. It replicates through AI into all these anti-Semitic, conservative posts, blogs, everything like that, creates them, and then starts auto-posting them right after the event happened. And then, like, backdating them. And And then backdating them. them. Then what happens is two days later, that that website gets pulled down. Facebook obviously took his social media up, okay? Yep, there you go, Roxy. CIA set up sites. False flag operation websites. That's exactly what that was. And the mainstream media is taking that narrative and running with it. It's so funny, though, because you just look at it a little deeper and you automatically can tell. You're like, okay, where's the history of this website? Let's look. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like... Well, you can go to the Wayback Machine and it's gonna, it's actually showing it there. Mm. It, it's actually showing it there. Archived. Yep, archived. But that's how they operate. You don't think that they have access to that shit? They do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. This is falling apart. This is This is good. This could turn out to be something really massive, but they're doing everything they can. To keep it from happening. Right. And this is what I say here. Have you ever heard of a cover-up going so badly? <laughs> I mean, this is the <laughs> truth. Just so we are clear, this is from Rahim Kassam, right? 
He says, just so we are clear, we are being asked to believe that an illegal migrant from Canada living in a socialist commune who participated in Nunes ceremonies was ultra MAGA and this formed his motivations to kneecap Nancy Pelosi. Or consider this tell in the New York Times story. And Mr. Lipson promised to mount a vigorous defense and signaled that one possible strategy could be to highlight his client's vulnerability to the misinformation and conspiracy theories. What are they doing? They're forming a defense against he was manipulated by the online conspiracy theories and disinformation. What is the biggest thing that they're fighting right now? What they consider online disinformation, misinformation, and propaganda, which is actually the truth countering their disinformation and propaganda. Yeah. This is massive. (laughs) See the spin there, fighting disinformation. This is what I said next. Uh, Dems blame attack on GOP rhetoric that turned Pelosi in the target. There you go. Right there. There there it is right there. Do you see the spin there? Fighting disinformation and now the spin will uh, spin this into that narrative. Uh, Biden. Joe Biden. Let's listen to what Joe Biden has to say here. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, I think in Iraq because that's where my son died. His son didn't die in Iraq. <laughs> oh, my God. Bo died at home. Oh, well, maybe he was thinking of his other son, Hunter. Oh, wait, no. No, Hunter's not. Well, who out. knows? He was kicked out of the military, wasn't yep. he? Yep. <laughs> and you got to wonder. 81 million votes. Joe, Biden's, Joe Biden can't fill up a small college gym in a Florida rally with Duds, uh, Duds Christ and Val Demings. Look at this. This is just unbelievable. There's like almost nobody there. Let's Whoa. look at this video. Nobody there. On oh my God. 81 million votes. And he almost took Florida. I can't believe he's in Florida, dude. Yep. So, <laughs> so ridiculous. They're going to love him there. I know, right? So New York, remember the Supreme Court cases in New York that were uh, about the, the mail-in ballots and stuff? We have the same thing happening in Pennsylvania. Well, look at this. Yeah. Lee Zeldin, Senator Lee Zeldin has taken the lead over Kathy Hochul in the New York governor race. Interesting. That's big. That is massive. (laughs) Listen, if Lee Zeldin wins New York, dude, whoa, that's massive. That that is a liberal safe haven has fallen. Yeah, New York. Oh, yeah. He might, man. He's going to win. But the question is, is will they let him win? (laughs) Right. That is yet to be determined, man. Oh, my gosh. We should do, are we doing live streams or like how are we going to handle this? uh, Uh, I think we're going to do a live stream the night of the election night. So instead of the Daily Dose, we'll do a live stream. Uh, Starting at normal time, we'll go a little bit longer. And then we can turn into a Zoom right after. All right. It's going to be, it's going to be a day. We'll make a day of it. So Elon Musk has been um, absolutely awesome on Twitter, hasn't he? I love it. I can't get enough. And yeah. is it, I'm like, today I'm looking at all the news and I'm like, 
is our life just going to be partially Elon Muskified forever now? Dude, he... And it might be. <laughs> you know, Elon Musk, I said this earlier, Elon Musk has balls of steel and doesn't care who he pisses off. But, you know, last night was Halloween. Yeah. And he's been getting a lot of conservative support. How do you think conservatives or Christians are going to take this? Did you see his Halloween costume? I did. What was it? I don't know. I was like, that looks cool. I don't know what it is. Though. So apparently it's from the game Diablo. But uh, but what you see there is the beast with the upside down cross at the center of his heart. <laughs> it's a really cool game, though. I'm not going to lie. Right. But e- Elon Musk yeah. is wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knows what he's doing, man. Oh, I think he knows. So, I, you know what I honestly <laughs> think he was doing? What? I think he's taunting them. Oh, he's being sat- satanic ironically. So it's actually I, I think he's satanic. fucking with them. I, I think yeah, he like, was messing with them. That's why he posted it all over Twitter. He's so awesome. I think he was honestly taunting them. Because think about this. Right? The beast system is the system of social media propaganda dissemination of information, right? Yeah. This is the beast if you want to look at it. The the, the system that enslaves you. He just took it over, Twitter. And so now he gets to wear the beast. He, he's t- In I think, a way. I think he he's is, taunting people. He is like their Lucifer. Well, yeah. But he's taunting <laughs> the shit out of them. That is awesome. And I'm not going to say, I mean, I know his, uh, knew who his mother is. And I even said, I, I posted on whatever comments today. I said, I'd like to actually interview her. I'd love to have her on, Maeve. I would talk to her about the occult and the esoteric. I would absolutely would. I think it'd be great. But I think honestly, the more and more I think about Elon Musk's Halloween Halloween costume, I think that he's trolling them. I love that. I love that. It thought. makes sense. It does. And, and what what do all the liberals say? They like it. No, the I liberals guess. hate him. The liberals well, hate well, him. They hate him, but yeah. that's kind of an like. That's kind of a cool costume. I don't see why anybody wouldn't like it yeah. unless they're very religious and they're like, yeah, a little too satanic for me, you know. But I think he was doing it to troll them. I, I don't know. I don't know his his religious beliefs. I know he's kind of a, like a semi-atheist, but. I think so, yeah. But that was just interesting. All right, let's listen to uh, the John Fetterman here. Being very serious about. Well, let's, well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big concern for voters. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And should the Biden administration be doing more? No, I, I just do. I, I think the, it, that simply is also, Leah, let's talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax structure as well. True. You know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit. And, and now they still want to support those as well. True. I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is, is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they, they should have been, uh, where they're able to, uh, fight, uh, the, 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 the deficit. <laughs> I'll that? tell you, John Fetterman <laughs> has been a joy to watch the last few months. It's sad. I honestly <laughs> look at it like, it's just another case of elder abuse. They, they need, need to, to let him go be with his family and get his shit together. They need to update his fucking firmware. That android's oh. corrupted, man. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with? I, I think that simply is also where let's talk about the trillions in in massive tax cuts or uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax structure as well. True. <laughs> what the fuck? We thought Joe Biden was bad. And look, yeah. I, I get the guy had a stroke because he got jabby, jab, jabbed. Okay. I get he had a stroke. But I know 85 year old stroke victims who speak better English than that. Yeah. And it's just uh, this whole hero thing of you can have a stroke and do awesome things too. It's just, he, it's not going to work. Not gonna work. <laughs> no, he's, dude, it, it's jumbled word soup bad i kind of feel bad for him i don't you know what if you're that if you're that screwed up don't run for political office it's really that simple yeah all right some good news in the uh the election circuit the midterms uh libertarian candidate mark victor Drops from the Arizona Senate race and endorses Republican Blake Masters was pulling at 6% in the race. So Blake was actually trailing Democrat Mark Kelly um, by a two-point margin. And with Mark Victor coming out, we're going to see potentially that endorsement could mean a lot for Blake Masters. And obviously, I think Blake Blake probably promised him something on that, but that's okay. But uh, that could be huge because if we get that seat in the Senate, if we get Herschel Walker... Mm -hmm. Um, and Oz, that's it. If two out of three of them win, that's it. We we're good. So I think we're gonna we're gonna see some stuff happening here, man. Ooh-wee. But Arizona can do it. But we're not out of the woodwork yet. We're gonna talk. We're gonna. Uh, my news is all mixed up. I kind of like went through the news that was sent to me, and then I added stuff in, and I got it all out of order, and I was playing with the audio, so I didn't have it all time to get it all in order. But l- let's start on this. It is no matter, no longer a matter of if, it is a matter of when for the global economic collapse. I just want everybody to understand this, okay? Swiss National Bank loses nearly $143 billion in the first nine months, the largest loss in SNB's 115-year history. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh is right. Um... Oh, new record. This is good news, right? Yeah, the SMB made a loss of 141 billion francs from its foreign currency positions as the bonds and stocks bought during the campaign to stem the appreciation of the safe haven franc slid in value. The figure included exchange rate related losses of 24.4 billion as the stronger franc further reduced the value of its holdings, which includes stakes in coffee retailer Starbucks and Google owner Alphabet. Gold holdings lost 1.1 billion francs in value. These losses may sound like a lot, but the SMB is not a normal company, said the UBS economist Alessandro B. The problem is the stagflationary environment where equities lose, bonds lose, gold loses, and the Swiss francs become stronger. Normally, bonds and gold gain when equities lose, but that's not what happened in 2022. Normal bankruptcy rules do not apply, he added, noting that the SMB, which made 41.4 billion franc profit a year earlier, would always be liquid as long as their demand for the Swiss franc. Notice what the economist said, though, Vince. Go ahead. Yeah, no, what? He, he said, the problem is the stagflationary environment where equities lose, bonds lose, gold loses, and the Swiss franc becomes stronger. Okay? Okay. So 
what he's talking about here is we are in a time of when the economy doesn't act like it's supposed to. Mm. Okay? Because here's the problem. He says normally bonds and gold gain when equities lose. And that's the truth. Okay? But they're not. Why aren't they? Because the precious metals market is being highly manipulated to keep yeah. the production costs down that's utilized in engineering and manufacturing. They're buying time to keep the system going. There it, it is. It was more expensive. They would run out of, they would break the system faster. They're exactly. Well said, Vince. Thank you for explaining it like I was Joe Biden and I was able to spit it back out. Yep. All right. All right. Australian bank begins wow. linking customer transactions to carbon footprint. With the assistance of Kogo, a major Australian bank, the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, CBA, has began linking customer transactions to carbon footprints. The new feature, which is part of the CBA's online banking platform, was introduced thanks to a collaboration between CBA and Kogo, a provider of carbon management solutions. The bank offers customers the opportunity to pay a fee to offset their carbon footprint, with the average reported as 1,280 kilograms, a far way from the sustainable figure of 200 kilograms. Um, this is this is not good. A customer's carbon footprint is computed, and the equivalent metric is then displayed to make them feel bad, such as eight trees being cut down. By combining our rich cust- customer data and uh, Kogo's industry-leading capability in measuring carbon outputs, we'll be able to provide greater transparency for customers so they can take actionable steps to reduce their environmental footprint, Combank Group Executive Angus Sullivan said in a statement. Um, welcome to ESG. Yeah, That's what that is. What? So if I go out and I plant 100 trees, do I get a tax break or whatever, a break on that? So this is what it's taken into account. This is what you're doing business with a bank. What does that bank know about you? Everything. Like what? Your name, your address, your phone number, your social security number, everything you purchase. Everything you purchased. Okay. If you own a home, if you own a vehicle, how much you spend on gas a month. That's where that number is coming from. And that's how they're determining your carbon footprint and making you pay to use it. And soon they'll say, we only have a $50 cash withdrawal limit. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, to limit, it's to limit the carbon footprint because we don't know what you're going to buy. You, know, you might go buy a bag of coal. Yeah, dude, this is... Uh, let, let me just say... If your bank starts implementing ESG standards, go to a different bank. Yeah. Say, I'm not doing business with you. I will take my paycheck in cash. I, I went into a credit union, so we were looking for a, uh, a bank account for the Red Pill Project. And I was going around to credit unions. And the first question I asked them, I said, do you guys have an implementation of ESG standardization? They said, oh, I don't know. I would have to look into that. I'm like, can you look into that? Because that is my determining factor. And they would go in there and they'd go talk to their branch manager. The branch manager would be like, yeah, actually, we have an ESG report right here. Would you like a copy of it? I'm like, nope, thank you, bye. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, you conform to ESG. They said, yeah. I said, I want nothing to do with you. And I hope that you lose all your customers for the fact that you do. And they were kind of like, and I'm like, do you not know what ESG is? And they kind of like all confused, didn't know what to say. I'm like, exactly. You might want to look into it. 
Well, it's kind of beyond us. Not my problem. You know what? If all the employees walked out and said, hey, we're, we're not adhering to ESG standards, guess what? The corporation changes it. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that excuse. It's beyond me. I don't know. Any, uh, yeah. Take some responsibility. You're working for a company. Pushback. Man. So this was a press release from Rumble. Recently, the French government demanded that we remove certain Russian news sources from Rumble. As part of our mission to restore a free and open internet, we have committed not to move the goalposts of our content policies. Users with unpopular views are free to access our platform on the same terms as our millions of other users. Accordingly, we have decided to disable access to Rumble for users in France while we challenge the legality of the government's demands. This decision will not have a material effect on our business, as France represents less than 1% of our users. The French people, however, will lose access to a wide range of Rumble content because of the government demands. We hope the French government reconsiders its decision so we can restore access soon. Good job, Rumble. Heck yeah. <laughs> they should hire that person at Twitter. That's right. So do you remember you had Massachusetts University? Go out there and take COVID-19, the original strain, and mix it with the Omicron, creating a deadly strain that has an 80% mortality rate. I remember that, yeah. And they came out and said, well, this is gain-of-function research. The NIH gave us a grant. Then the NIH came out and said, or the NIAID came out and said, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Who gave you permission to do that? And Massachusetts University was like, what, what do you, you, you did. They're like, no, we didn't. And now they're investigating it, right? You haven't heard anything about that. Then we hear about this other lab in Bethesda, Maryland, going out there and creating a monkeypox virus that has 11% mortality rate. Well, how about this one? Scientists in London lab just created a mutant super strain of COVID, and it's reportedly lethal. British scientists have deliberately created a deadly hybrid COVID strands in a university lab in London. 20 scientists at the Imperial College of London infected hamsters with mutant viruses, including strains of the original coronavirus and parts of Omicron and Delta. One of the scientists involved in the experiment is a member of the British government's SAGE advisory panel. Imperial College maintains a taxpayer-funded study was safe and that scientists adhered to British regulations while conducting the trials and denies that the work constitutes gain of function. Dr. Richard Ebright, a molecular biology expert at Rutgers University, warns the experiment could ignite another pandemic wave. At least four labs on the two continents now have construed non-natural lab-generated viruses that retain high immune escape of Omicron and require higher severity than Omicron, and that, as such, are reasonably expected to increase transmission of pathogenicity in humans. Dude. Sick, dude. They're going to release another virus. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yep. And look at this next article. COVID cases caused by new variants rapidly increasing in the United States, says the CDC. According to data released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a number of COVID-19 cases caused by new variants is rapidly increasing in the United States. According to the most recent CDC data released on Monday, two new variants, BQ.1 and BQ.1.1, have been growing especially quickly, according to the Zhangwang News Agencies. Each accounted for about 1% of new infections in the U.S. at the beginning of October, but their prevalence has been roughly doubling each week, according to the health organization. According to the data, BQ.1 caused approximately 14% of new infections in this country in the week ending October 19th, 
while BQ1.1 caused 13.1% of the new cases. According to CDC data, the two variants accounted for more than one in every four new infections nationwide. BA.5, which has dominated COVID-19 infections in the United States since July, now accounts for 49.6% of new cases. The majority of new cases are now attributed to a slew of sublineages, offshoots of BA2, BA4, BA5. These variants differ slightly from one another, but they all share some key mutations that allow them to avoid immunity from vaccines and previous infections. Go. Oh. Blah, oh, blah. Blah, blah, blah. You know what they're you know what we can call BQ one and BQ one point one? What? The flu. That's what I was saying. Where's the flu at? It's the flu. <laughs> Just the flu. But it's affecting people a lot worse because of the shoddy shot jabby jab jab jab. The Fauci ouchie. Right? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh man. We haven't even begun to see the effects of this vaccine. And we're gonna listen to a clip here in a little while. That will probably uh, actually, you know what? Let's bring that clip up now. We we can bring this clip up now. Um, for anybody who didn't catch this, um, Todd Callender, who we've had on this show before, we're we're going to get him back on to talk about this. He is a lawyer. He is one of the lawyers working with uh, Attorney Tom Rents and bringing the cases of the DOD to court, but are all getting denied. Um, Todd Callender has many whist- military whistleblowers working with him. This information that he presented on um, Health Ranger's podcast today, okay, in an interview with Health Ranger, Mike Adams. Oh. This is coming from whistleblowers in the DOD saying this information. This is a- spicy. I didn't get a chance to hear. This is good. This is a a few minutes long, so I'm just going to let it play. Well, and we could pre-announce that. I'll talk to my team about that and get back to you about that. Very cool. Um, also, by the way, um, hang on after this interview. Make sure to make sure you've got my direct mobile number so we can keep in touch oh, sure. that way. Yeah, that'd be great, Mike. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, okay. In addition to all of this that's going on, in previous interviews that you've done, you've referred to the possibility of five G broadcasts, uh, certain frequencies and, and, and yeah. certain patterns that might influence or alter uh, the response of some elements that either were in the vaccine or were self-assembled in people's bodies in response to the instructions in the vaccine. Could you speak to that, please? Yeah, there's a lot to speak to uh, in that regard. When you sue the DOD and you have a few hundred thousand plaintiffs, you also get a whole lot of whistleblowers. And they came out of the woodwork, not just the DOD, but the government generally, and, and really from all over the world. And so we started getting all kinds of information about how this really works. Um, in the latest research, it might be easier to work backwards. What we came to find is that there's a critical component to both 5G and the way that the, the shots genetically modify people. And that is the ingredient cesium-137. Um, as we've come to find, what? it is the, That's I'm not joking. Radioisotope. Yes, it sure is. That's right. It's a man-made radioisotope. And it's apparently in all of us because we've been uh, eating it, we've been receiving it in our water, drinking it, and we've been breathing it in through our, our nostrils. It is closely monitored by the UN, the WHO, our government, and the um, National uh, Radiological Commission. I think that's what it's called. In any event, the NRC, who, who follows you know radiation exposure, and throughout this whole thing since 1957, actually, They've been monitoring cesium-137 levels. What we came to find is that when DARPA created the hydrogel, 
that's the key ingredient that has luciferase in it. In the Moderna shots, it's called SM102. Look it up. It's highly toxic. The safety data sheets say that. In fact, they say that if it comes in contact with your skin, it's fatal. Nonetheless, this is an ingredient inside the shots. You have luciferase, cesium-137, and a variety of other um, pig-lated materials. They effectively wrap these things in fat so that they can slip past our, our body's natural immunity. Right. Um, cesium-137 is necessary because it, it acts as a um, transistor when it binds to um, living matter, living tissue, and it also acts as an amplifier. So there is quite a bit of research and evidence to suggest that after it bonds with the, the tissue – um, it amplifies as much as a thousand percent. So one of the um, pieces of data I sent you is, is called the EPCR, and we found this um, in the uh, original phase one, two, and three clinical study the military did on forty-four thousand service members and their family. That was the basis for the granting of the emergency use authorization by the FDA. Was that study, and in that study they used something called the InTouch E Diary. Uh, to track the results of the shots in, in those people. And, and by the way, you and I both know there is no such thing as a phase one, two, and three trial, right? Not in humans, but that's what they did. So mm-hmm. um, that should show you how, what, how farcical it is. And in any of that, um, the, once the materials are delivered into the body and they bind, right? There's good graphene hydroxide, that's cesium-137, uh, and a variety of other components in, in the hydrogel. Once that happens the body starts sending out signals. It becomes an antenna, a transistor, and an amplifier um, in so much that one gigahertz of energy inputted or signal produces a terahertz out. So this, this e-diary, the EPCR unit, can be a cell phone, as it was in that particular case. It could be a watch, and it's really gathering data from inside your body, just as Noah Harari talks about. Now we okay. can spy on you from the inside. Let, let me let me jump in here with a bunch of questions. You just sure. opened up this massive uh, uh, Schrodinger's box of of questions. So yeah. you were just talking about a frequency shift right there, um, uh, gigahertz to terahertz. But first, that's right. Uh, cesium one thirty seven. You mentioned this is essentially a potentiator, but it is a potentiator. Of what exactly? And and let me preface that by saying, I know as a as a nutritionist in this area, cesium tends to follow the pathways of potassium in the body. Yes, that's right. Right. That's right. So wherever potassium goes, which is the cell membranes, then cesium right. would replace the potassium. So the cesium would be sitting on the outside of the cell membranes, essentially functioning as a potentiated gatekeeper to allow other things to penetrate the cell walls. Is that is that what you're saying? That I don't know about whether it's penetrating the cell wall other than for the purpose of electronic signals. Um, I, I think I think that, however, penetrating right. the cell wall for purposes. I'm going to come back now. And yes, this link will be pub- uh, published. This is on Natural News. You can find it there. This is Mike Adams podcast, and that was Todd Calendar. What he's saying. So cesium one thirty seven. For those that don't know, is radiological waste. So when you have spent nuclear fuel at nuclear plants, cesium-137 is the dangerous component of that. It's highly radioactive. It has like an 89-year or 82-year half-life, okay? After Fukushima, cesium-137 was what was killing everybody, okay? So it's ionizing radiation. They're saying, and Todd Callender is saying this, it's in the effing vaccine, it latches onto your cells from the vaccine and amplifies electrical signaling. 
So if you put one gigahertz out, one terahertz goes out. So it amplifies it a hundredfold or a thousandfold. Okay, because it's ionizing radiation. It can do this. Hmm. So what he comes in to say is that they're utilizing this with nanotechnology to amplify the signals outside of your body. So nanotechnology. So basically he goes on to tell them how they're scanning. So you can remember how the people are saying that you can pick up Bluetooth signals with people's bodies. This is how they're yeah. doing it. That he said that you can take a, um, uh, a light that detects cesium and you can go and find everybody who's vaccinated. They'll start glowing. Mm-hmm. This is no shit, dude. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to Todd to get him on the show. Cause I want to talk about this. This is, this is massive. Um, Whoa, dude. Scary, and this too. this is the first time anyone's putting this yeah. out. Now, I wanted to touch on this. So this is pretty big information. And, yeah, so basically it m- merges with the graphene and the lipple nanoparticles in your body and basically produces an electrical system to transmit and receive data. Transhumanism 101, buddy. That's what's going on here. But uh, Roxy just sent this to me. I wanted to put this out there. So the... Um, the Chris Christy Gall show. Trump was on the Christy Gall show, and did you hear the narrative that he's trying to say that he believes happened with Paul Pelosi? No. What? So Bioclandestine did a summarization of Trump's interview on the show. Trump is suggesting that David DePape was trying to get out, not in, suggesting that DePape was the victim of either kidnapping or some sort of sexual related crime by Paul Pelosi. Considering the men were allegedly in their underwear and DePape was a friend of Pelosi's. That will explain why they don't want to show the security footage because he was either let in or held there against his will. If there was a video of a Q follower breaking into Pelosi's house, they would have leaked that video. He's absolutely right. Now think about this. The glass was broke from the inside. Yeah. When he got the hammer from Paul, he started hitting him. He was trying to escape. He was trying to get out, not in. So maybe he untied himself or something. and Maybe Paul invited him back, said, come on in, let's have a good night. And then Paul tried to zip tie him and take him down, hoping for a police shootout where he dies. Okay. And Paul laid it all out for him. Oh, we're going to use you as a, uh, um, a fall guy for violence against me. And you're going to go down and it just didn't go well. It's a possibility, man. It's a possibility, but Trump is saying this. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. Oh, I hope the truth comes out. I do too. I I hope that that someone at the San Francisco Police Department who has access to that security cam footage, and I know it's been getting over to the feds. I hope someone in the feds who has access to that footage releases it anonymously. We'll gladly take it here. Just drop it onto my computer because I know you got access. (laughs) <laughs> anyway and sorry about yeah, those videos so they weren't meant sorry. for you <laughs> all right thanks jim yeah thanks jim youtube announces new certification protocol for videos containing medical information everything must align with what the who dictates <laughs> dictates is right yep in a recent announcement dr gareth graham youtube's global head of health indicated that fresh attempts are being made to censor even more content on the Google-owned video streaming platform, making politicians their own protected class and shadow banning unapproved content that is not cutting it anymore. 
YouTube Health has been working on additional ways to help doctors, nurses, mental health professionals, and healthcare information providers to bring in high-quality health information into the spaces that people visit throughout their day, like their favorite video-sharing app, YouTube. The new plan involves allowing certain approved medical professionals to be labeled as certified or reliable on the platform. That way viewers know that they are authoritative sources, authoritative in quotation marks there. Any YouTube user, physician or otherwise, who spreads anything deemed as medical misinformation will not receive the certified or reliable label. Without the label, Graham and the other higher-ups at YouTube hope the viewers will pass on by and look for something else to watch. So if the WHO comes out and says Paul Pelosi does not have monkeypox, we're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Contrary. Oh, no. Paul Pelosi <laughs> is not gay and was not involved in a gay prostitution ring gone bad. Or did not try to hold that guy against his will. And WHO Tedros, said. Tedros is still one of the head figures at that place, right? And yeah. And he's like a war criminal or some kind of crazy... Uh, he has a very spotty past. Can't believe this. Oh, man. I'm going to... We're running out of time. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk sparks media freakout by limiting employees' access to Twitter censorship tools. This came out today. So Elon, basically what he did is content moderation and censorship was loosely managed at Twitter where a lot of people, even low-level people, had access to these tools and once Elon took over, he immediately locked it down. And all these employees started complaining. Yeah. And, and he came back and was like, this is exactly what needs to happen. Is you lock this stuff down and you find out where the problem is. You start So you lock things down and you slowly give back access until you can find where the problems are. Yeah, he's probably getting sabotaged. So mm -hmm. working it out. He's fighting his own little war at Twitter. Well, dude, it was epic seeing that he... Uh, Fact check Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. I feel th th that's yeah. just amazing. Dude. I think he ended up deleting that Hillary Clinton comment. He, he did because the source was unconfirmed, right? Yeah. But whatever. He could have just done the gateway pun and he'd been fine. So he is now talking about bringing out the blue check mark. And that with a blue check mark, you can buy one for $8 a month. Oh, wow. That's it was originally it. supposed to be 20 Now he's changed it to $8. But uh, Stephen yeah. King obviously has a problem with this. $20 a month to keep my blue check? Fuck that. They should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. So what a loser, dude. Stephen this King is, make, is worth $500 plus million, and he's complaining about $20 a month to keep his blue check mark. You know, it's actually a great idea for Elon. So number one is it generates revenue. And number two, how many blue check marks on Twitter utilize their accounts through monetization? All of them. Okay. At some point, they all are earning money through their Twitter accounts, through that blue check mark. Okay. Okay. Whether it's putting out merch or go here, do this, or check yeah. this out or read this. Even Stephen King. I have a new book. Here you go. Get my new book. Amazon. Yeah. It's going out to 100 million people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they make money off of it. Um, if you didn't notice, Dogecoin has surged the last few days. It went from about 11 cents to 15 cents. It's back down to 14 cents. And it all came out because of Elon posting this on Halloween, Twitter in a Doge. Um, if he makes an announcement that Twitter is going to accept Doge, Doge will go to a dollar. Just letting everybody know that.
And so 15 cents right now is a really good price. I bought in last night before that happened. Okay? Telling you, I would buy some Doge if you're into crypto. Heck yeah. One of uh, Twitter's top ad executives, Sarah Personette, says she has resigned from her job after Elon has taken over. Good. You know, it was funny to see General Motors say that they're no longer going to advertise with Twitter. Yeah. Right? And did you see my comment on it? No. I said, why don't you just delete your Twitter account as well? Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to advertise on it, why don't you just delete your whole Twitter account? What's the point of even being on the platform? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know what I noticed too? When I, whenever I see ads from somebody that I don't like, if I get like a Disney ad, I'll just block them, mm-hmm. I'll block that account, and then I'll see a Disney ad later. I think that they like they don't block, really block the ads. I don't know. Everyone, I, I usually block. I report them. I don't block them. I report. I report it. Like if I get a political campaign, <laughs> I, bl- yeah. I I report it for misinformation. Nice. <laughs> you got to do your part. Yeah. This is from CatTurd. If you don't think there's a ton of Twitter employees currently trying to sabotage Elon Musk, you don't know much about the old rotten culture of Twitter employees and the very reason most should be fired and a new unbiased, honest team hired. She, CatTurd, whether he or she, I don't know, um, is absolutely right. Cat. Oh. Yep, CatTurd. Definitely right. So unhinged MSNBC contributor vows to investigate Elon Musk and strip him of his U.S. citizenship if possible. This is just... (laughs) As a lawyer, I'm doing... uh, I am going to do research to see if Elon Musk in any way lied on his application for U.S. citizenship. I'll be making FOIA requests for his immigration application. If he lied anywhere on application, we'll move to strip him of his U.S. citizenship. Stay tuned. Dude, what is wrong with people? Seriously. They're so desperate. Yeah, very desperate. How about this one? Seattle's first Asian-American mayor faces backlash after slashing hate crime funding. There you go. Last month, the first-term mayor, Bruce Harrell, an Asian guy, announced his budget proposal, which reduced the city's hate crime funding from $400,000 in 2022 to $167,000 in 2023's budget. Mm-hmm. You know why they're pissed, right? It's the Asian hate, the Asian hate movement. Like, mm. hello, this, I think the Asian hate movement was a thing that stemmed from the left. And now this is just my opinion. I don't know that for a fact. It's just seemed that way to me in the narrative. And now they're coming out and saying, you need to protect the Asians. Why are you doing this? So that's kind of cool. I think that it's kind of a, they stepped on their own tail here. Right, And he's a lefty, isn't he? I don't know. Well, it's Seattle. Probably. Probably. And I, I think people are seeing it. They're like, dude, that money can go towards something better. And it was probably going to these nonprofit NGO organizations working to stop hate, which is just a waste yeah, right. of freaking money. Yeah. Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts blocks handover of Trump tax forms to House Democrats. Well, what? Didn't were they just like... The fake news last week was like, it's over for Trump. It's getting out there. It's getting out there. Well, fake news is just relentless, dude. And then here's the thing is I saw like, uh, um, who is it? It wasn't uh, Democracy Now. It was one of those uh, Occupy Now or whatever they are. They said, uh, you know, the Supreme Court justice needs to go. He just blocked Trump's um, um, 
you know, uh, treasonous tax reports that were should have been handed out and released. And I said, yeah, or shady, shady tax reports that should have been handed uh, that should have been public. And I said, why? Firstly, how do you know if they're shady if you've never seen them? How do you know if his tax returns are shady if you've never seen them? That's mere speculation. Yeah, they're just mad because he's rich. You know why he won't release it? Why? Because of lawful money. Maybe. I guarantee you. If it comes out that Trump is doing lawful money, the left will try to attack him for it. And then the left will be thrown under the bus for it as well because they all do it. What if they get it and then they notice that and they're like, oh, we can't share it. We can't share yeah. it. It's just too much <laughs> of the public. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yep. So Brazilian President Yair Bolsonaro. He tried reading that. I can say Bolsonaro, but uh, finally spoke publicly for the first time since losing Sunday's election by a narrow margin. Many expected of, of were hoping for a concession speech, but that didn't happen. It appears the short press event itself was all about the optics of accepting the loss. He vowed to follow the Constitution and called for the order in the country and yet didn't explicitly concede, nor did he congratulate the winner, Lula da Silva, on the victory for the Braz- Brazilian presidency, which he's expected to take over January 1st. At the same time, Bolsonaro didn't contest the results either. As one of Brazilian's national outlets said in a very short speech, Yair Bolsonaro um, has not said whether he will accept the election results. He didn't mention Lula, and he didn't even congratulate the newly elected president. Um, from reports that we're getting on the ground in Brazil and from everything that's hearing, we're seeing massive protests that are occurring in Brazil. Brazilian people are taking to the streets demanding that the armed forces be activated because they do not accept the results of the election. The mega demonstration is scheduled for um, 11-2-2022 in front of the Brazilian Army barracks. This is just one of the many videos that are occurring in Brazil right now. Um, This is massive amounts of people. Um, You have truckers and farmers in Brazil are working with the military and police to block roadways. They've shut down airports with the military and police. Wow. So what's interesting about this, check this out. I want I want everybody to watch this short little video here. But the results just came in from Brazil. And I think we ought to uh, wake up over here in the United States. Maybe uh, in the, the daylight, so we'll be waking up and watching this. Voter patterns that came in from Brazil, the Bolsonaro's, it was like Trump 2020. For me, it was a little bit like weird. It was like a flashback for me because I just watched it happen again. And then you find out that they don't have any paper ballots to be able to uh, to go count. Like, let's go check that out. Let's go verify that. It's all digital. Bolsonaro starts off here, and uh, Lula's down here, and gradually, they start, to, it's mathematic. Every precinct all day has, a, has an algorithm, 5149, 5149, or 52. In other words, they figured out what the gap was, and then it just consistently goes through, and that's, that's where these guys, the mathematicians are saying, it's impossible. That you, I mean, you would have some erratic, you know, things coming in, but everything is coming in almost like it's been formed by an algorithm. Oh boy! Subscribe right now. And there you go. The same thing that happened to Donald Trump. It's an algorithm. Did you see? They had the gap and they narrowed the gap, and it slowly went down to the point of convergence, and they got just over the one to two percent to win. That's voter fraud. Man. Yep. And guess what? They're going to try to do the same thing here 
in the United States. And I have a feeling, I, I'm telling you, Vince, I think they're so desperate, okay? I think they're so desperate that they're going to try to steal. And I think they're going to get shut down on election night. And I think that if it comes out that they take the House or the Senate or both or one or the other, there's probably going to be a revolution. You're going to see people millions of people start taking not, the streets. I will not be in the streets. <laughs> tell you that right now. I, I won't either, and I know none of us will. But I'm telling you that something, people are people done. Would. People are yeah. done. Oof, oof. After seeing this happen in Brazil, we know we can expect yeah. it here. People are done. They don't, they're not going to put up with this shit anymore, man. I know. Yeah, this is going to be a huge, huge, huge election, dude. I, I am just um, really anticipating that day. Yep. So did you hear about this one? The Atlantic, uh, the periodical The Atlantic calls for pandemic amnesty and to forgive the elites for what they did to us during yeah. COVID. Yeah, man. How ridiculous is this? Unvaccinated people belong on the no-fly list. Let's declare pandemic am- amnesty. Uh, we ne- we need to forget forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in dark about COVID. Um, uh, no, fuck you. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, fuck you. No, not not happening. And I think that's an appropriate fuck you. And, and so, how about this? How about this for the vaccinated, fully vaccinated and boosty, boosted food writer Julie Powell, Julia, Julia, uh, Julie and Julia, dead from cardiac arrest, age forty nine. So young. NFL coach and former Vikings co-defensive coordinator Adam Zimmer, dead, 38. Oh, my gosh. Heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And they're just going to keep on coming, man. Did you hear about Joe Rogan? This is fucking good. I love it. This is fucking good. We got to watch this. Let's listen to Joe Rogan here. This is is good, guys. You're going to like this. The red wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. (laughs) That's what I think. I think people are just like, what the fuck are you saying? They're making Republicans. I don't know how they're doing it. It's I had a family member who is an who's a boomer and a diehard liberal. And they told me when I was home this summer that they would vote for DeSantis. And I'm like, how did you lose this person? Yeah. How did you lose this person? This is a this is a like go to the ballot and vote blue no matter what. And you've lost even the the boomers. The red wave that's coming. Joe Rogan saying there's a red wave coming that reminds me of the elevator door on the shining. <laughs> that's hilarious. Do you know yeah. what the elevator door on the shining look like? Yeah. For everybody that doesn't, let me find the picture. I think I got it here somewhere. I should have it here somewhere. Uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be in my comments and replies. It's like Jumanji. Yeah, but blood. <laughs> I thought I had it up here. Yeah. But if you don't know, when the elevator doors open up on the movie The Shining, blood just comes out in a massive wave. Yeah. I want to talk about this. If we get time, I'll bring that with Damn, dude. Um, what else we got here? Pentagon confirms U.S. boots are on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, two bombshell reports by the Associated Press and Washington Post Monday and Tuesday have confirmed that the United States has boots on the ground in the Ukraine conflict. 
Crucially, these troops are performing tasks separate from your embassy security. The American troops are said to be performing inspections of U.S. weapon caches after last week the State Department and Pentagon unveiled a new plan to track U.S.-supplied weapons in efforts to implement accountability for the billions of dollars worth of arms and ammunition transferred to Ukrainian forces since the near start of the war. A small number of U.S. forces inside Ukraine have recently begun doing on-site inspections to ensure that Ukrainian troops are properly accounting for the Western-provided weapons. Excuse me. Um, no. I I uh I want to I want to tell everybody what's really happening here. So, what is the one of the main targets that the Russians have been um, targeting within Ukraine? Nuclear power plants, schools, schools, right? Schools and these other places. Why are they targeting schools and um, metro stations and stuff like that? Yeah. They're utilized by Ukrainian military. They're utilized by Ukrainian military to hide weapon caches. Okay, so they store their weapons under civilian places because they don't think that Russia will bomb it to destroy the weapons and kill civilians. Well, Russia doesn't give a shit. Okay, so now we're sending U.S. troops to these weapon caches. Why? Because eventually one will be targeted and an American will be there and it'll be a false flag and they'll say Russia is attacking Americans on purpose Let's all go to war, all of NATO, all at once. Let's go. That's great theory. You're on wow. point tonight, Vince. Good call. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Yep. Couldn't have been gotten there without the hint, but wow. Yep. Military servicemen are calling for an end to the Pentagon's vaccine mandate. A group of military servicemen have called for the end of the Pentagon's Wuhan COVID-19 vaccine mandate, expresses concern about the COVID-19 shots harms through a 100-page report addressed to Congress. The report featured statements from pilots and other military service members members injured by the vaccine, including multiple um, uh, antidotes. Um, It also includes an aviation safety officer's discovery of the vaccine injuries that were not reported to vaccine adverse reporting systems. This is just a small sample of many vaccine injured service members who have decided to come forward and share their heartbreaking stories. The an officer who went by the pseudonym Lieutenant Colonel William Anthon, who has served more than 20 years in the military, spearheaded the Congress, the report to Congress. However, he was shocked and frustrated to only have received lukewarm responses from a couple of senators and their staffers. This is just horrific. We yeah, won't dude. forget this treason. No, no way. They yep. know it, too. That's why they're trying to spread that propaganda. And Russia has came out and blamed the U.K. for directing and coordinating the Nord Stream blast, which we know was coordinated between Senator Blinken or um, Secretary Blinken and uh, Liz Truss, the U.K. prime minister, which we talked about in the sense of the deep state. Right. So Blinken is obviously the heading. The Biden administration is the, the deep state head right now. And he's the one that coordinated the uh, the Nord Stream blast. And this guy uh, hopefully is going to be tried for treason. I, I, I hope so. Um, Saudi Arabia has shared intelligence with the U.S. Warming, warning of imminent Iranian attack. Isn't this interesting that mm-hmm. a week and a, two weeks ago, I, uh, Saudi Arabia comes out and tells Joe Biden to fuck off, right? And starts yeah. doing business with Russia. They come out and say that they're going to join the BRICS economic alliance. China's helping them build missile technology. Then all of a sudden they get intelligence that Iran is going to bomb them. And the U.S. are calling the U.S. for help. I mean, just come on. Yeah, clockwork. Yep, like clockwork. Um, if this isn't a uh, sign of the times, 
Donald Trump retweeted this today or tweeted or retruthed this today. The article is called Two Catastrophic Things Are About to Happen in Our Supply Chain in November. This is an article from the Organic Prepper. Okay? Donald Trump truthed this. Okay? If you think things are bad economically now, hang on to your halo. We are facing a perfect storm for our supply chain within the next month unless several things change dramatically. It's been one thing after another ever since the COVID pandemic began to affect our supply chain back in 2020. To be clear, you don't have to believe the pandemic existed, that the virus was serious, or even that the virus existed. That isn't what this article is about. Regardless of one's feelings, it was a trigger for economic disaster that has continued to snowball. We watched the shelves in America get cleared in a day in March of that year, and things have never been quite the same. And prices went up. Farmers could not harvest their food or get it processed and ready to be delivered to stores. And prices went up. Then the cost of fuel skyrocketed and prices went up. And now we're facing a new challenge in what can only be described as a looming transportation crisis. Two things are slated to happen within the next month that could make what we've experienced so far look like a walk in the park. We have 25 days of diesel fuel left. Second, Biden has failed to come to an agreement with rail worker unions and strike could start as early as November 19th. Wait a minute. Didn't someone say that that whole deal with the railroad workers, even though the news was reporting it was good, would fall through? Yeah. It's probably WHO news. Oh, it was, yeah, it was the WHO news. (laughs) (laughs) The diesel fuel shortage that is looming could be absolutely catastrophic. The fuel of trucks, trains, and ships could be put a real kibosh on the transit of goods. What's more, the diesel shortage also affects home heating fuel coming into a dark winter. And then we also have the rail strike, potential rail strike, which moves all these supplies up and down the chain. I don't need to tell you guys how serious this is. Seriously, and I I just can't stop thinking about it. I know we've talked about it, but dark winter, dark cold winter, especially in Europe, Mm -hmm. plus any diseases that are being manufactured on top of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to get bad. It's going to get incredibly bad. I'm going to go to the battle of the streams here. I'm sorry I didn't get to this sooner. I was just on a roll, and we were just moving with it. Uh, RMUAFC2 gifted a cookie. This old lady is no way going to bitch, Josh. You walk your talk 1,000%. Thank you so much, RMUAFC2. Appreciate it. Me, Brenda, donated one diamond. Love from Australia. Thank you so much, me, Brenda. Ponlo Picasso gifted a cookie. Thank you so much, Ponlo. Barbara Lines Matter is celebrating a six-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, Nate. Enlightened Science just donated two ice creams. Long time donated two ice creams. Thank you so much, Enlightened Science and Long Time. X Grits X donated two ice creams. Thank you so much, X Grits X. RPG3573 donated two ice creams. Thank you so much, RPG. Gump. One dollar on Rumble. Where is the Jimmy Kimball? Where's the list, Jimmy Kimball? <laughs> um, thank you so much, Gump. Appreciate that. Michaela, 0214, $50 on Rumble. Thank you so much. Love the Red Pill Project family. Thanks for providing us the news and events of the day. Thank you so much, Michaela. Much appreciated of you. Uh, me, Brenda, gifted a one-month subscription to Recost. Thank you so much, me, Brenda, on that. She also donated a one-month subscription to Don Mega 45 Thank you so much, me, Brenda, as well as Patience Necessary. Me, Brenda, you are awesome. Thank you so much. Mar- Darlin Mel gifted a can on Pilled. Thank you so much, Darlin Mel. Ponlo Picasso gifted a can. Thank you so much, Ponlo. Vader369 gifted the ship. Thank you so much, Vader369. Thank you guys for all those donations. Yeah. You know, the easiest ways to support us are through the Battle of the Streams. You guys are awesome. Don't forget, tonight we have the After Dark chat Q&A with myself. Vince will be there. 
The only way to get on that is go to that link that's in the chats right now, socialredpill.com. Sign up for your free profile. If you want to support us that way as well, there are subscriptions there where you can support us. If you want to just make a donation to us or help us out, the best way is givesendgo.com slash redpills. The easiest way to get to that website is redpills.tv slash go. As always, subscribe where you're at, like, share, comment. Please do that. Go to redpills.tv, sign up for our email list, stay updated at everything we're going, we're, we got going on. If you guys got those 401ks, those IRAs, or just looking to get in the gold, silver bullion, or just want a financial advisor to talk to, I'm telling you, getgoldtoday.com. Give them a call, 720-605-3900. That's Dr. Kirk Elliott. I'm telling you, I'm doing it. You should be doing it too. But I uh, appreciate everybody out there and all of your support from everybody out there. I mean, I just can't appreciate it enough. You guys are, you know, if you asked me many years ago, where I thought I would be after starting a podcast and, and doing all this stuff. I never would have thought I'd be here right now doing all this. And, and I never thought that this would be the fucking situation that we're in. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I, I've, uh, I appreciate y'all. I really do. I appreciate y'all. So uh, we'll see many of you tonight here on the uh, after dark chat. I hope you guys all have a great night. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. Take care.